This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is 93XRT. Lynn Bramer here with Marty Lennertz. We are at the Cubs convention. We are joined by not only one of our favorite former Cubs, but certainly one of our favorite broadcasters. It's part of the radio broadcast team on our sister station, the Score Sports Radio 670. I have to call him Coom Dog because it's about the best nickname I can think of, but <laughs> you all know him as Ron Coomer. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? It's great to be here. You, Ron Hart. Who, who gave you that name? Uh, when your last name is Coomer and it goes Coom, I've had a lot of them through the years, <laughs> but the Coom Dog one has kind of stuck for a long time. Probably Puckett, actually. Really? He was he. I had a bunch of them with Puck, but... It was all good, yeah. It's it's there's. I've been called a lot worse in a major league ballpark. But. <laughs> well, that's right. You played with Kirby Puckett. That yeah. guy, that guy could hit a ball. He could bat a little bit. A local Chicago guy, and he was a great friend. And you know, we miss him a lot. Uh, but you know, great teammate. And boy, could he play. Did you I, didn't you didn't play against him in Chicago? Did you? Was he a little older? I did not play against him in Chicago. He was a little older than me, um, but I did. When I got traded to the Twins, that's where we were teammates and locker right. mates. And lockering next to Puck is like lockering next to the Pied Piper. You know, <laughs> it was just a constant mm. flow of people to his locker, and I was a rookie, so it was, it was entertaining. You know, I was at the uh, 91 World Series game, game mm-hmm. six at the Hump Dome, yep. where he hit the home run, and, you know, a lot of people remember the uh, – play-by-play on TV, yeah. there's going to be a game yeah. seven tomorrow. <laughs> See you tomorrow night. That's right. So how are you gearing up for the uh, season? Uh, are, you, are you keeping an eye on, uh, uh, on the roster, trying to figure out who's going who's gonna to play a major role in 2020? I, I mean, there are great opportunities, I think, for Ian Happ and for David mm-hmm. Bowie to play, get a lot more playing time. Who do you see as emerging this year? Um, I, I think those two guys are very important, Absolutely. Um, they will definitely get their opportunity to kind of show themselves and, and make sure that they, you know, if they take a step forward, they're going to play. There's no doubt. And we'll see, you know, there's still some, some trade things out there. We know that. Theo's been very open about that. So we'll see what happens in that front. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I don't look at our team, the current 40-man roster or 25- or 6-man roster now with the doom and gloom. I, I think there are a lot of guys that, you know, might have had a half a step backwards last year that are really talented players. So if they show up the bullpen issue that they had, I, I think that this team could be very good. Very good, actually. You know, I, I, I thinking about how few major changes have occurred in the offseason, mm-hmm. I was thinking back to when all of the three of us were kids watching Major League Baseball. You had the same team every year. I mean... You know, we grew up with uh, Kessinger, infield, Beckert, right. and and uh, Billy Williams, and uh, you know, Banks. <laughs> you, you you pencil in the same guys every year, every day, um, before free agency. And now, in the current climate, if you're not out hunting for a three hundred million dollar player, you're not you're not participating. 
Couldn't agree more. It's, it's, a, it's a very different climate than it was back then. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's always better. Right. Right? And those contracts don't always um, end up making your team better. Well, you know, it's... That's the all, other issue. Well, the other issue is, is, you know, you talk about some of the huge free agent signings, Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. Mike Trout. Uh, people tend to forget how much of a team game baseball is, that one player can make an impact, but maybe not enough of an impact to get you to the playoffs or get you to the World Series. Well, look at Mike Trout, for instance. I mean, he has never played a playoff game. I think he's, he's played one in his first year, and then they lost, and that's been it. So when you look at what's gone on in, in, in Los Angeles, um, they've, they've had their struggles. Now they're hoping, bringing our ex-skipper into town, that that's going to change a little bit, but we'll see. Um, they're a very good team right now, but um, Trout's one of them perfect examples. Well, of, the Angels made the big, tri- yeah. the big deal when they signed Pujols. Right. And it didn't really didn't, pan out. And you had two of the best hitters in the game at that time, and they didn't make the playoffs. Now they got Rendon, who's going to be their third baseman, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, baseball, you know, to your point, if you have one really good hitter in your lineup, he may not see any pitches. Right. I and mean, that's just the way it is. So it is team, and this team won it in 16, there was no doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting to look ahead to the 2020 season, Chicago Cubs of 2020. A lot of familiar names, as you point out. And uh, a very exciting time here, you know, as we get ready for the season. You know David Ross probably as well as anybody over the last few years. He's been so much part of uh, uh, the Cubs, Cubs lore, you know, on and off the field. Uh, what's your take on David Ross as a manager? Uh, I, I'm a big fan. Big fan of David. Cubs had some really good candidates, actually. I thought Joe Girardi was also a very good candidate. And for, I did not talk to Theo about it, but interviewing, did very well interviewing. And so did David. And I think David was their guy. If, if He had the inside track anyways, and everything panned out. He was my teammate in 2003 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Wow. He was a rookie, and I was the 37-year-old old guy on the team. And we lockered by each other. We hung out together, and David... You know, he's one of those people that's, you know, he's got great leadership qualities, great people skills, as you guys have seen, you know, through the years. And, and he's going to be, he's going to be a great manager. He really is. Um, I think it's very important that the people around him in his dugout are people he can lean on in these first few months of managing, because that is not an easy job and he's going to need some help until he gets his feet underneath him to, to manage. But um, I think David's going to be a great manager. I think he's going to be great with our players. And there's no issue at all that, that people have talked about, about being that leader and being able to, you know, say the difficult things to his ex-teammates. Well, I don't think that's a problem. That's got to be a hard thing because the transition from, and I've heard so many players say, oh, he's, he's like one of my best friends. Oh, he's a, he's a great friend of mine. To suddenly now be, you know, the manager and to be the guy in charge, is that a difficult transition to make, do you think? No, I, I don't think so. I, the way I look at it is you're owning a business. And you've owned a business for a long time, and the people that are, you employ have been very close to you for a long time. Maybe your best friend. But at the end of the day, you still got a business to run. Mm-hmm. And that's the Chicago Cubs in a 26-man roster. And if things need to be said, they need to be said. And I, I don't think he'll shy away from that in the slightest bit. And I've been around other managers that have had to come down on their own staff or their players. I, all you had to do was get a, you couldn't air it, but you could mic up 
David Ross going to the mound to talk to John Lester. That was not for radio. Yeah. But that would have been entertaining right. if you were, right. you He know, played that role as a player. And he, he, yeah. could, he could fire, you know, on John, and John fired back at him. And so no issues. I, 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 I really don't see that being a problem. You know, it, it occurs to me when you talk about catchers in the major leagues, I don't think you make it to the major leagues as a major league catcher unless you can spit nails. Totally. They're the toughest guys out there. They're the field general. Um, you know, they can throw an armor over your shoulder when they need to, but, but they got to be the toughest guy out there. It's, the t- it's one of the toughest jobs in sport, there is no doubt, and um, David did it very well for a very long time, and, and it comes with leadership, and, and he's got it. So, um, yeah, I, I just look forward to, to the whole situation. I, I was obviously close to Joe, and I've been very close to David, so it'll, it'll be fun. It's going to be, it's gonna be uh, entertaining to watch David's style and how it progresses as the year goes on. But, you know, I, I don't see that being a, him being, you know, something that is going to be a problem mm. for the Chicago Cubs. Well, um, I had the pleasure of seeing you and Pat Hughes and Zach yeah. Zaidman uh, do a little thing at the uh, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. And you've got uh, far-ranging subjects, a lot of people with good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the questions that came up that you had no problem pulling punches is the biggest issue in the offseason, the discussion of uh, players getting unfair advantage with surveillance, electronic surveillance, and knowing what pitches are coming. Yeah, I, I, I just look at our game and, and, you know, I played, I signed in 87 and retired in 03. I was right dead smack in the heart of the steroid, steroid time. Did not do them. And got tired and really sick and tired of, of the league and or, you know, the union um, protecting the guys that were cheating. Why are we protecting them? They're cheating. And now we're doing the same thing. We're not doing the same thing, but we're, we're, we've got this issue in our game. Don't protect the cheaters. Protect the people that are doing it right. Protect the organizations that are doing it right. And, and to me, I, I commend our commissioner for coming down hard on, on people that have done really well in our game, but aren't we tired of that? Aren't we tired of the black eyes we're getting in our game about people just not not being upstanding citizens? We talk about that all the time. We'll do it in the game. Be, be that kind of guy in the game and that kind of group. Um, I, if, if some of those people don't come back in our game, our game might be better for them. You know, um, as, a, as, a, right? as a former major leaguer, you're one of those guys that can see something happen on the field and go, Hmm, that, that's a little weird. Uh, we were just talking off, off the air about uh, the famous Altuve versus Araldus Chapman home run. And something, I don't know if people notice this, but after Altuve hit that breaking ball from a guy who pl- throws 102 mile an hour right. fastballs, after he hit that home run, the reaction of Araldus Chapman is really curious. Because if I were a Roldis, I, I would be so pissed off. But he has this smile on his face as if to say, okay, I know what's going on here. I've thrown, let's say, 300 mile per hour fastballs. And I snap off a hook. And it's in a good location. And everybody that's put on a big league uniform and stood in that batter's box knows the effect of a 100 mile an hour fastball. 
you have a blink of an eye to make a decision and it's very difficult to catch up to. But yet you can sit on a breaking ball from that guy and, and a, in, in a good location and hit it into the left field seats. That is so rare to be able to do. It's, it's not even funny. And it, it, it seems like more than just good guessing. Uh, yeah, very much so. And uh, to me, you could see the look on, on, on Chapman's face. And then at the end of the whole thing, the coming down third base and protecting the jersey, to me, those are all real, you know. Very suspicious. Very suspicious, and, and now it's coming out, and, and to me, I just... Do you hear anything about the players, like what the players are saying about this? Because they've been pretty much quiet about it. Well, they're quiet because they're, in the, they're, they're directly affected and they're in the fraternity right now. I can tell you because I'm an ex, and it doesn't affect me every and, day. And I get the sense that, that a lot of what's coming out may be tip of iceberg type stuff. Totally. You know that. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it always is. And I, I think guys, some guys are being quiet and they don't want to talk about it because they don't know what to say. Right. Some of the younger players in our game, you know, they look to the older players and like, well, what's he going to say? And then I'll get, get a feel. I don't want to hurt my career. I'm just getting here to this, to this level of baseball. And, and just, what do I say? Well, what do you think the hangover is for a team that's affected by that for both the Red Sox and, and the Astros? I think for the... For, for the Astros, losing your manager, losing all these things, it's going to be difficult. I mean, you've the manager's had a big impact on that club, and he's out, and right. the GM out. And, you know, if there's some, some guys on that bench that have had a big impact in, in doing that, they're out too. So it's, it's going to be a big change. We'll see. You know, when you looked at some of the stats from that World Series, and one guy's hitting 450 at home and 130 on the road. Hmm. You, you don't like that disparity? I, I think that's a tough one to sell, right? Yeah, it's it's really not about is. home cooking, huh? Right? It, it's just really <laughs> tough. It's a tough sell. Oh, they love the home cooking here. Yeah. <laughs> they, they love the home yeah. cooking, the comfort food. I don't food. even know what the hell they cook in Houston, do you? Barbecue? I don't know. Probably, probably barbecue. At least they know what we got here, right? You know, they, they, they yeah. cook some pretty good uh, cameras in center yeah, field, yeah, I guess. Do, yeah. How you are know? you guys doing? It's great to see you guys well, always we're at doing the Cubs great. convention. We're, you know, looking forward to baseball here yeah. in January. It's crummy weather, right. and we're, we're talking baseball. That's a great thing. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the great thing about the three of us hanging out together. I always want to do the interview of you two listening <laughs> and talking about old rock music and then the stuff that I grew up listening to and getting your perspective on what's going on now. And you talk baseball, and I'm like, could we just order a pitcher of beers and can let's, we just hang out somewhere like off that. here and yeah. just hang out? Let's get, let's get a pizza. Let's talk about Van Morrison backstage. Right. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, Lynn and I can tell you many stories. I'm all for it. Absolutely. <laughs> tell that you that to me is great. We can tell you many stories of people not so thrilled to have a DJ come backstage and say, uh, yeah, I was sent here. I'm supposed to introduce uh, the band. And they're like... DJ introduced the band. I don't think so. No one's done that since 1969 for us, man. Well, you know, you know what we really like, Ron, is when we go backstage to introduce a band and, and we get the, oh, he never has MCs. And we look at our friends and go, yeah, maybe not now, but you're talking about a guy I've introduced on stage at this theater 16 times. <laughs> so times change, yeah. people change. Yeah, right. Maybe you do it, maybe you don't. Well, I had a great time with you this this past season. We did uh, the hot stove, Theo's Theo's fundraising event, and you know, here's how I emceed that event. Lynn, what do you think? Okay, I'll follow. <laughs> yeah, Ron. They put Coomer. the baseball guy in with. 
the professional. I was like, I'll come. I'm going to have a great time. But okay, well, you tell well, me what you want me to do. Well, the Hot Stove Cool Music uh, charity <laughs> concert is always at the Metro. Yeah. And and the Metro, as Marty knows, is kind of like our living room. We've been there so much. We know every corner. And as I've often said, if these walls could talk, I hope they wouldn't talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ron Cooper uh, has helped out at Hot Stove Cool Music. He's been brave enough to get up on stage and help out with the auction. And, you know, you got the Boston All-Stars, the Chicago All-Stars. you got. Uh, we've had a variety of special guests. Uh, yeah. Last year, I think it was Buddy Guy. And we've had uh, Cheap Trick. And, of course... Your old friend Eddie Vedder has yep. shown up a few times, Eddie and what do you think about Eddie Vedder hitting the road? Uh, I heard that. I last, um, you know, midway through last season, it was kind of a, no, we're not going to tour for a while, and then, you know, my friends because they know our relationship, and I don't always follow. I'm not a social media guy, as you know. Yeah, but but you're an Eddie Vedder texter. You text Eddie Vedder I, I sometimes. I do. I didn't get that text, but I'll get that concert ticket. I'll take. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's also a, a new album. First that, album in many years. Well, that's the thing. Which is I really know he's cool. been writing for quite a while. Yeah. Because when we're out and about, and it could be a, a Murphy's or wherever Murphy's we're out and about, you know, he could be somewhere, and all of a sudden he'll get that, you know, hey, Ed, you know what? And you just get that just glazed over right. look like, nope, there's something else going on in there. And, you know, then he's, he's kind of, you know, he's got a thought going, and next thing you know, okay, and then back to visit, back right. to hanging you know, out. And, but, and Pearl Jam is such a team. They really oh, are. Yeah, I mean, they are locked in at all time. That's one of the most intense units I've ever seen. And you can see it in their concerts, how they're all just mm, right there, right? Well, could you imagine being with your buddies for that long and being that good? And I, I mean, and, and not after, trying to kill each other. Let's say, yeah, not, and right, not trying yeah. to kill each other. And I've been backstage, I don't know how many times with them post post show, and they do get along, and it yeah. is, you know. And but I I, I will say. I don't know the other guys nearly like I know Eddie. If you don't get along with Eddie, there's something wrong with you because he is about as genuine and polite and nice a person as you're going to find. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, I mostly only know him through charity appearances he's done and uh, running into him when he's opened up for Pete Townsend or The Who at yeah, cha right, charity right, right. events. Yeah. And, you know, he, he barely knows me. He treats me, he sees me, he's... Treats me like an old friend, and, and uh, I would love to say we're old friends. We're not yeah. really old friends. Yeah, but that's the way it is. Yeah. You know what's really cool about being a Cubs fan, a lifelong Cubs fan, and listening to Cubs broadcasts since I was a little kid on a transistor radio with uh, Vince Lloyd and Lou Boudreau. You know, the great team like yeah. that, and for you to be part of the team now, and for us to be able to sit here and talk with you, it's such a thrill as a Cubs fan to to be able to you know and and to talk to you as a peer, which is. Well, Pretty great. Thank it you. really is. How many years have you been doing it now? Um, so this on the radio? is my seventh season for the Cubs. Um, I it was ten years in Minnesota with the mm -hmm. Minnesota Twins, whether it be TV or radio or both, combination of both. Um, so I, you know, I, I've I've been very fortunate. I, I don't want to say I've found a niche after baseball, but I've been very fortunate that people keep hiring me to do this because I love doing what I do. And, uh, you know, I grew up at Wrigley Field, like, sure. like he did, you know, like our group did. And, you know, I can remember being there as a four or five-year-old kid, and now I'm a 53-year-old kid, and I'm still So the thrill for you. Oh, and it is every day. And this thing here, like what we do, you know, he knows, Lynn knows how I feel. I just, I, this is fun to me. When we talk old Cub baseball, we talk current Cubs baseball. That's, 
that's if you're talking about our sport, there's nothing better than talking yeah. about our experience. Uh, okay, at okay. What was your most or important the parade or well, all these things? Uh, right, being in the parade, the greatest <laughs> day of my life. Don't tell my wife. Uh, okay. Your favorite baseball card when you were a kid? What baseball card did you oh, need no to have? Oh, no doubt. Jose card now, probably really? 72 or 3. Oh. Early Jose with the big with fro. With the big hair, yeah. With the big fro. Oh, I loved it. And I was like a little kid. I'm playing, and Jose's working for the Yankees, and we're playing against them in sprint. And I made a beeline. I saw him across the field. Here I'm standing amongst all the Yankees, and I made a beeline over to go see him. To introduce myself and say, you know, I grew up at Wrigley, you were my favorite player, you know, all those things, and yeah, and we've been buddies ever since. You so know, when, when Eddie Vedder has done the Hot Stove Cool Music event as a special surprise guest, he has flown Jose Cardinal oh, yeah. in because yeah. it was his favorite yeah. player. Well, there were, there were a few guys, so I loved Jose, but he was on the field so you could, you know, I could see him, talk to him, he was coaching. Rick Monday was another one who now I'm friends with because he's on the Dodger broadcast. And then the other one was Dave Kingman. Everybody you had to love Kong because the, the, the city would shut down when he came to home plate because you didn't know <laughs> how far he was going to hit one. We you have know? seen so. some incredible home run hitters for the Cubs, Sammy Sosa yeah. and Andre Dawson. Mm -hmm. But when Kingman hit oh. a ball, you could hear it like it was a jet. Oh, yeah. There was like... Well, he, he, he was, was the one amazing. that hit the ball down Sheffield, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Hit down the porch. Ken, it was, so it goes over Sheffield and down Kenmore is yeah. where he hit it. That's and, what I mean. And Kenmore. Woman, Kenmore. The woman Kenmore. Down Kenmore, yeah. in, in the uh, video of that home run, the woman comes out on the porch and watches the ball go yeah. bing, bing, bing. Yeah, he was incredible, and he was a major Cubs killer before he came but, here. But that's when I got to watch Kingman is when I was a little guy. Yeah. My dad would take me to Wrigley, and oh. we'd go stand in left field, you know, outside the stadium when they were taking BP, and the balls are flying out of the stadium, and you just watch in awe, you know, a Ball's going 500 feet. Okay, let's go around the horn here because, you know, as, as baseball fans, this is something every baseball fan knows. Your first baseball glove autograph model, who was the autograph? Well, it's going way back because That's it was right. a hand-me-down. Alvin Dark. No way. Alvin Dark. Yeah, and then I, uh, I was given for Christmas a Harvey Keen. How about you? Catcher's glove, five years old. Johnny Bench. Wow. That's a good one. I, I liked all the equipment, so I wanted equipment on Johnny Bench. Uh, I had a uh, trap pocket Spalding Johnny Callison. Oh, oh Johnny that's a Callison. Good one. A former yeah. White Sox, former Philadelphia Philly. That was my autograph. Former, former Cub. Former and Cub. former Cub, Johnny that's Callison. right. Yeah. He yeah. could hit. Yeah, absolutely. He could hit, yeah. he, he could he hit with his eyes. He had some, uh, some yeah. incredible years, like 60, 62, 63. 62 was an all-star year, I remember. Yeah, yeah. He hit a, a home run in the all-star game, a game-winning a game winning uh, home run in an all-star game. Yeah. Okay, have we gotten nerdy enough here on this uh, interview? And, Love it, boys. Uh, it's great to see you guys as well. dog. <laughs> look forward to hearing you and Pat Hughes and Zach Zaidman up in the booth telling us what's happening. All I got to say is I'm looking forward to the Ivy getting green and having you guys Always welcome in the booth. I'd love to have you up. Pat and I, Pat's a rock and roll guy too, so we'd love to have you guys. Anytime you're at Wrigley, you're welcome in the booth. Our fans would love just well, thanks having very the, much. The, 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 the talk during the ball game. As we try to talk our way in, we're going we're gonna to quote you on that. that. Yeah, that's we're my gonna... office, like, like the studio over there. No, here, so really, uh, Mr. Coomer said it was no, okay. It was okay Absolutely. for us to come up. Yep. He really did. 
Don't he you said know, it in January. Don't you know who that is? That's Marty Leonard. He knows more about the Cubs than anybody in this building. Well, thanks for coming, Coombe Dog. Absolutely. Great we'll talk to, to you, you next guys. time. Awesome. See you, boys.